0: Chris Charles of Idol Features, and with me on the line this afternoon, I have horror film buff and reviewer, Lilith Kafka. And how are you this evening, Lilith? I'm wonderful, thank you. How are you, Chris? I'm great. So um, let's get started with a little about you first. Your real name is actually Jackie. How did you come up with uh, Lilith as a professional name?
1: Well, I wanted to do something that was, you know, something that I would find intriguing if I was looking at other people's stage names or professional names or what have you. And Lilith, of course, is a beautiful piece of satanic folklore that I've always, you know, always loved and found to be interesting. And I also think it's a beautiful first uh, name for a female. And then the Kafka thing is probably the more uh, the more important end of it, I guess, if you will. I, I'm an English major. I have a writing degree. I have a minor in classic literature, and although his original writings were not in English um Franz Kafka is probably my biggest influence and my favorite author of all time so I sort of combined the two kind of like a uh, Marilyn Manson when he came up with his name ah, i just I, see. I came up with a satanism that you know i felt kind of represented me and my interests and would you
0: know be intriguing to other people mm-hmm. uh, another thing that uh piqued my curiosity, was that you actually live in Los Angeles, but on a couple of your social media profiles, it states that you live in Lithuania. Uh, why is that? Yes. It state um, that well,
1: part, part of that kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with the Lilith Kafka thing, just the uh-huh. idea of having a, a fake name, if you will. Or I mean, plenty of people know my real name and mm-hmm. that I really live in California, that I've really been living on the east coast of the U.S. for my whole life. Um, but my family, I'm actually a third-generation Lithuanian, So when I was making, you know, sites to promote my YouTube and stuff like that, although I am aware that many people know of my true personality, I just thought um, maybe instead of giving everyone my direct location, I could cover it by saying I'm living in Lithuania because there's going to be plenty of people out there, um, you know, that may watch my reviews or check out some of my modeling stuff that aren't necessarily the best people and, uh-huh. Um, again, Los Angeles is a huge place, right. so I'm not. It's not anything I'm worried about. But in the beginning, the idea was just to kind of keep everything that was personal, sort of private,
0: and as much as possible, while still keeping it interesting. I see. I see. Now the town is um, Vilnius. Is that how you pronounce yeah.
1: it? Yeah. Yeah, Vilnius is actually the capital of Lithuania, and right. although I'm third generation, that is where my family is originally from. So that's that's why I use that as a reference. Have you ever been there? I have not, unfortunately. I have been to Europe for a very brief period of time, but that is a place I have yet to visit, and one day I will surely get there. I promise you. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Okay. Cool. And you're uh, originally from uh, Massachusetts. Before yes, you came my family.
1: Yeah, my family's from Massachusetts and New York. I'm. I was born and raised in New York, and then I've been living in Massachusetts for the past ten years. So New York and Massachusetts are where I hail from.
0: I see. Now you recently started your YouTube film review channel, and I've uh, caught a couple of your reviews, Uh, do you first write out your reviews and sort of follow your written reviews as you speak to your viewers, or are your reviews strictly unrehearsed?
1: Um, I would have to say, for the most part, they're strictly unrehearsed. Uh, I've definitely, you know, jotted down a couple notes, like, for instance, the director or producer of a film that I'm not that familiar with, just so I don't botch their name, which mm. I've actually done a couple of times, I guess. But um, right. yeah, for the most part, um, I just sort of go for it. I, I Like I said, I'm an English major, and I think I'm when it comes to public speaking, I do fairly well. So I think for me, part of the reason that I, I choose to do it that way is because I really feel like it flows more from the heart and mm-hmm. from my, my true opinion. Like, I've I've done a couple practice ones and watched myself, and I always feel like when I just wing it and I just speak from the heart and talk about how I'm feeling, that those reviews always turn out to be the best, and those always end up being the ones that I post. So, well, I can
0: attest to that. No, thank you. (laughs) Um, Now your channel doesn't have a title; you just use uh, your name, Lila Kafka. Um, Are you going Are you going to come up with a name for it sometime in the near future?
1: I'm thinking in the near future there's going to be a couple things that will change. I'll probably change the the title of the page. I'm hoping to get a couple friends of mine to help me sort of set it up a little nicer. But um, for now, I'm just going to keep it titled with my name so that I can get, you know, the attention from the people who I know recognize my name mm-hmm. or uh, whatever. But after some time passes and after I gain a
0: decent amount of followers, I'll probably actually give the channel itself a name. Uh, any plans to start a website and expand to featuring more than just reviews?
1: Um, yeah, actually, the original plan was I wanted to create a website that could kind of showcase everything that mm-hmm. I guess I, I sort of do, I don't want to say for a living, but um, the creative aspect of the things I do, like I like to do some freelance creative modeling, I am a writer, I do have a lot of memoir stuff and some written reviews and some scripts that I've helped edit and just a bunch of different stuff. So, yeah, eventually this is kind of the starting point for me to hopefully eventually start my own website that I'd like to do. I, I have enough content now to do it if I really wanted, and mm-hmm. I have the resources. Um, the resources are there, but I just want to give myself a little more time kind of gaining some followers with YouTube. Because for me, although there's going to be a lot of other stuff on there, most importantly, my writing, the modeling, and all that stuff, I feel will follow when I once I get a lot of reviews on YouTube you know you know what I'm saying I just want to yeah. get that, that that major visual aspect out there first mm-hmm. and then once that grows I would intend to make a website
0: right okay uh, as we speak how many films have you uh, viewed and are planning to review on your show oh um do you mean how many films have I reviewed just in general in my lifetime or well how many do you have slated to review on your show I mean do you ever watch a film and say this is going to be reviewed on my show or um, yeah, I'm, that. why should i bother with this one
1: yeah no there's definitely a lot of like the more mainstream stuff is usually something i'll watch and mm-hmm. say oh okay i need i need to review this this is actually pretty cool but um a lot of the reason i'm doing this is because as i mentioned in my introduction video on the youtube channel i'm lucky enough to have a pretty decent amount of friends in the independent horror scene if you will and um, I just feel like there's a lot of films that don't get the notoriety they deserve and that really need to be kind of talked about you know so Mm -hmm. I I do have a list of films that I'm planning on reviewing um, some of which I know the filmmakers um, some I maybe don't know the filmmakers but I know a lot about what was involved with the production Um, and again a lot of these people are my friends so it's it's hard because I have to remain unbiased and that's I've remained true to that so far. But, yeah, I have a list of films that I think are very intriguing, very important that a lot of people should hear about, that a lot of people don't have access to. Um, And I I have kind of a running list. But otherwise, Mm -hmm. I just sort of keep it open. I I constantly ask people to send me review requests if they have anything they'd like me to review, which I've had a great response to that. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, for the most part, I kind of have an ongoing list of more independent stuff that i really want to push out there to people and then as i go along my you know daily business if i watch a film which i'm constantly watching films um that interests me or that i thought was either really good or really terrible i kind of make a note to Mm -hmm. possibly go back and review that um Mm -hmm. recently i reviewed a film called 100 bloody acres which is a little less independent a little more on the mainstream side if you will um And so, you know, I had to do kind of a little research on that because I don't know anybody personally who was involved with the film. But that was something that I just watched and said, okay, this is kind of neat. I I think I want to talk about this.
0: Now let me ask you this. If you had a friend who sent you his or her film to review on your show and you watched it and it was just crap, it was total garbage, would you you review it honestly or would you call them and say, listen, I'm going to do you a favor and not review this? How would you go about um,
1: that? <laughs> My initial response is to tell you that I would definitely review it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I would probably have to say that's that's the end all. That's the, the main answer to that. I mean, if I have a very, very good friend who made something that it's that terrible, it's just not likely that I'm going to have a personal friend who's made something that's that terrible because mm-hmm. – generally, <laughs> I don't want to say too much, but generally the friends I have that do make film, they're aware if their film isn't that great, or if it's one of their better films, or whatever, you know, and, but yeah, I mean, no, if I if I watch something, and a friend of mine is unaware that I've watched it and it happens to be, say, one of their older films that's not so good, and I do a review, it's going to be very honest. And mm-hmm. luckily, luckily, the whole point of friendship is you try not to judge each other. Right. I mean, I'm talking about someone's work, not them as a person. So that's that's very important for them to remember. But I try to be as brutally honest as possible. That was my little tagline when I started right. the,
0: uh-huh.
1: the page. Right, I so I that. tend to stay true to that.
0: Okay. Okay. Um. Do you plan on only reviewing horror slash thriller films, or do you plan on reviewing other genres as well sometime in the future?
1: Oh, I would see myself reviewing other films as well. I mean, I definitely um, love horror thriller, psychological thriller. Mm -hmm. Um, Some action, generally stuff that involves high violence. But I'm also a huge sucker for the classics. I mean, you know, I love love 50s Hollywood. I love all sorts of films so it really just kind of depends on um what mood i'm in (laughs) and Mm -hmm. maybe how how many people show a reaction If, if i put out a if i put out a review for something like the ghost and mrs muir which is a classic film that i absolutely love um and you know nobody watches it because it's not a horror film You can be sure that I'll still continue to do that on occasion, just I'll take that and realize it's not something I should do that often, or else, you know, not too many people are going to be interested. But I do plan on reviewing basically all genres at at some point or another.
0: Okay, cool. About how many horror films are currently in your collection? DVD, VHS, online? Oh, yeah, uh,
1: Pretty much everything I own is hard copy. I, I do not believe in illegally downloading films. I think it's a huge insult, um, mm-hmm. especially because I have so many friends that work in the independent industry, and they put all their time and effort and what very little money they have into making stuff. Um, so that's that's something I'm very against. I'm very against torrenting and all that. I just don't believe it's I don't believe it's right. Um, so for me I own a lot of hard copies and I honestly don't know as I mentioned before I've recently moved to California and half my films aren't even here yet um, but I did do a count uh, I think it was about a year ago and I was somewhere close to 1100 in the horror genre mm-hmm. so and I mean my, my collection itself is probably no more than fifteen or 1800 altogether mm-hmm. so that just shows you how much right. I enjoy the genre <laughs>
0: Okay. Uh, have any producers uh, sent you any of their films to review on your show yet?
1: Yes, they have um, several. Actually, I okay. would just prefer
0: not to mention them because
1: honestly, right. uh, the films that I've recently been sent are just coming out or were just premiered at film festivals. A couple of them I'm really looking forward to reviewing as well. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I've I've actually gotten a pretty really a really good response um, from filmmakers and producers and especially people, again, in, in the independent horror uh, scene, they they like the way I talk and they respect my opinion and they want to know what I have to say on video about their film, so I'm really looking forward to doing a couple
0: of those. Okay, uh, Who are some of your favorite directors?
1: Oh, Mom. <laughs> some of my favorite directors. Wow. Just if you had to pick
0: a top five.
1: Uh, top five. Well, it might be a little bit less than that, even. um, My favorite. I, I'm obsessed with... Cronenberg, David Cronenberg when it comes uh-huh. to the horror horror genre. Um, David Cronenberg's always just been a huge influence on me and my writing and you know what I how I decide if a horror movie is really good or not. I guess I've just always been obsessed with body horror mm-hmm. and just the blood and the the, mm-hmm. the frightening thoughts that go along with trying to figure out what's going on with you if something's wrong with your body like so I love Cronenberg. Um, I would have to say he's definitely in my top, I don't know, maybe top five, top mm-hmm. two, even.
0: Um, let's see, who else? Oh, I feel like I'm drawing a blank now. <laughs> I assume uh, Wes Craven?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, of course, I love Wes Craven. I love John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. I love, you know, all those guys are fantastic. Um, I, I love Martin Scorsese. Mm-hmm. Uh. There there's there's so many, you know, I can't even really begin to to describe directors. Yeah, Cronenberg's definitely gonna
0: have to be my my at least number two. <laughs> okay. Um do you attend many horror conventions and events?
1: Um, yeah, I do. I, I try to as many as possible. With the moving right now it's been a little difficult, but mm-hmm. as long as something's, you know, within a couple hours drive or okay. I've saved up the money to get there. Um, I know this weekend in, um, I think, Chicago, they're having the Chicago Days of the Dead. Mm. Unfortunately, I'm not able to make it to that, which really bums me out. But, um, yeah, I try to. I know I'll be going to Days of the Dead in
0: Los Angeles, and whatever else kind of comes
1: my way, I try to try to get to
0: them, definitely. Do you plan on attending a Monsterpalooza in April?
1: Um, I Yeah, I would love
0: to. Yeah, that's down there in L.A. To.
1: Yeah, Palooza and But Days of the Dead are both in April, so I'm kind of hoping that they don't coincide so I can
0: go to both. Um, I understand you're a big Edgar Allan Poe fan.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, I'm kind of a literature geek, mm-hmm. so uh, Poe is one of my favorites. Now, can you um, recite his entire poem, The Raven, by heart? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm definitely not going to do it on here, but I can I can recite a good portion of it. Uh, yes, actually.
0: Okay, okay. Um, let's shift gears here and talk a little about your modeling. Uh, when did you do your uh, first shoot with a professional photographer?
1: Um, it actually wasn't that long ago. I'd kind of been I'm a photographer myself, so mm-hmm. I'd been experimenting a little bit with whatever and. Um, I would say it was about a year ago now because it, there was snow on the ground.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That was my first professional shoot. Um, that was I, in LA. No, these these all my uh, professional photography
0: shoots were all in Massachusetts. Massachusetts okay, okay. Um, um, but yeah,
1: I think it was about a year ago now.
0: Okay, uh, what have been some of your more memorable photo shoots? As far as location, <laughs> theme, mishaps well, on the set
1: there was a uh, there there were two shoots last year that's why i mentioned that it was about a year ago there was snow on the ground and it was extremely cold and when i started the modeling thing i kind of advertised myself as having a high pain tolerance and a high tolerance for extreme temperatures and extreme mm-hmm. situations so you know anybody that's willing to give me a challenge go for it okay. and the shoots themselves weren't that uh, out of the ordinary, but it was extremely cold out. I was scantily clothed in one of them, so it was. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize how much cold I could take until like, those photo shoots. Let's
0: just put it that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, where do you stand on uh, doing nude photo shoots? You, I believe, on your at your Model Mayhem profile, you state uh, no nudity, but implied only.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, for me, it just depends <laughs> on my level with the photographer obviously when you're doing implied shoots you are nude and Mm -hmm. it's the photographer's job to get certain angles and use certain lighting and what have you and of course yours too if you're going to be involved in the creative process um to cover those things and make it so that the photo doesn't make you entirely nude so i have done um nude shoots if you will in the sense that i've been naked in front of a photographer but i always make sure that my photos um come back to me, that I get 100% rights to them, I never Mm -hmm. sign any sort of modeling waivers or anything like that, or at least I haven't thus far. And so anything that um, is, I guess, actual nudity is something that I keep for my own personal collection, and otherwise I have stuff edited so that it is implied, and that's usually the stuff that I put out there. I don't know that I'd be putting out nude stuff
0: in the future. Um, Are there, uh, you have several tattoos, are there any special significance to any of them?
1: Oh, yeah. That's an awesome question. Um, Tattoos are a huge obsession of mine, Mm. maybe even more so than horror. (laughs) And uh, yeah, all my tattoos actually have a really significant amount of uh, meaning for me. I don't know if I have seven or eight at this point. Um, A couple of them are fairly large, and one of my biggest tattoos is on my back. It's a tree.
0: Mm
1: And it comes kind of around the side of my hip and down the lower part of my back, and it goes all the way up the side. And it's sort of a tree and then a forest floor. And um, it's kind of like a representation of both life and death to me, the cycle. Um, there's bones on the forest floor, and then there's what seem to be living creatures, living humans inside of the bark of the tree. It's a beautiful piece of art. Um, mm-hmm. I have to my my artist, Lou Jacques, Uh, from Clockwork Tattoo in Massachusetts. He's a fantastic artist, and he did it all freehand, and it's a real beautiful piece of art. But for me, um, I've always had a real real deep connection with the natural world, and especially with trees. I've always called myself a tree hugger. So I'd say after all my tattoos that that one's the most important, has the most meaning. I've wanted it since I was a child. I was finally able to afford to get it over the past year, so I've been working on it. But all my tattoos do have very significant meaning for me. Um, uh, I have I have one on my leg that's quite large. And it's, yeah, that's
0: it's, the it's, one I was going to ask you about.
1: Yeah, it's a it's an art piece. I mean, it's a skull. Again, a good friend of mine, Jeff Mansell, he's the other owner at Clockwork Tattoo in Massachusetts. Um, he does these signature skulls, and I I actually never really had a tattoo done that was strictly art for art's sake and I do love art and I've for a while was obsessed with this style so um the significant thing about this tattoo is that I don't have any color tattoos all my tattoos Mm -hmm. are black and gray I always said I would never get anything besides black and gray but there's something about the way Jeff uses color that spoke to me I didn't want a color tattoo but Um, I wanted him to put his touch on something that I found to be very special artistically. So it's my only color tattoo, but the colors are very, very muted, um, very earth-tony, and it's it's almost an optical illusion. It's an absolutely gorgeous tattoo, and Mm -hmm. I'm very, very happy to have had both of those gentlemen work on me.
0: I see. I assume you plan on getting more? Of course. (laughs) That one actually could have gone without saying.
1: Yeah, actually, well, of interest. My next my next plan tattoo is a portrait
0: of Franz Kafka I would be getting on my arm, so that's okay. sort of relative to the conversation. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, with that, I'll thank you again for uh, doing this interview with me, Lilith. I'll definitely keep yeah. an eye out uh, for you in the future. In closing, do you have any shout-outs to anyone? Um, <laughs> I could shout-out to a lot of people.
1: Right now I would really like to send a shout-out to my friend Marcus Cook, He works for On Earth Films, but most importantly, he has his own his own effects company called Autopsy Special Effects, and he's recently embarked upon some really huge directing projects. And I just want to give a big shout out to Marcus Cook right now because he has been working really, really hard to create the things he's creating. Um, For years, he's gone without getting the credit he deserves, and sometimes he still struggles with that, and one of the reviews I'll be doing soon will be his latest film, which is the latest installment of the American Guinea Pig series called um, Blood Shock, Mm -hmm. and I was lucky enough to see about 54 minutes of it edited at the SINS uh, Festival this past summer. It's a work of art, it's amazing, and um, I just, I don't think that Marcus gets nearly enough credit for the amount of talent that he has, so if anything, I just want to shout out to him because he's been a huge supporter of mine artistically, uh, in terms of a friend in every way, and I wouldn't have half of the information or the knowledge or the experience even that I have with some of this stuff if it wasn't for Marcus kind of holding my hand and explaining things to me and being there for me as a friend, so... Marcus Cook is the man. Everybody, check out his work.
0: (laughs) All right. So on behalf of myself and Lilith, I'll say thank you to the fans and readers of Idle Features. You can check out our website at www.idlefeatures.com for Lilith's upcoming interview, as well as many more interviews and articles on ladies just worthy of a double take. This has been Chris Charles.